0: What's up everybody. My name is Jasmine Nicole and I am the host of Seasoned Crime. I get in week after week to make sure that you get to hear a story about a minority. This is a true crime podcast with no limits. We let the big pods do the mainstream news coverage and they cover those big majority cases and instead when you come and turn on this podcast I'm going to tell you about the smaller, lesser-known cases without boundaries of location, race, religion, sexual orientation, none of that. True crime can happen to any and everybody, so I want to keep making sure the underrepresented have a platform as well. I hope that everybody had a good week. I always like to give you a little update on me, but I really don't have much going on right now. I do want to let you know that as of now, there is still no answers in the Lauren Smith Fields case. If you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you do so after this one because we're continuing to demand that that case be looked into further and to make it make sense. Other than that, it's been a pretty quiet week for me. So instead of dragging things out longer than they need to be, we're just going to jump right on into the case. Today, we are going to highlight a family of four. The family immigrated from China to build a life in America. On the outside, they looked like just a normal family to their neighbors. So you can only imagine their surprise the day that their normally quiet neighborhood became filled with police cars and investigators and coroners. Today's story is about the first known quadruple homicide in New York's Capital District. I am going to tell you about the Chen family. Natives of Hoyo, along the southeastern shore of China's mainland, the Chen's family migrated to Gilderland, New York in early 2000s. Jin Chen and his wife Haiyi Li were in their late 30s. And they had two boys, Anthony, who was 10, and Eddie, who was 7. The boys went to elementary school in the area, and Hai Yi Lee was a stay at home mom. Jin worked at the family owned Chinese restaurant, King's Walk, about half a mile from their home. Everything seemed to be going well for the Chin family. Their neighbors remembered seeing the boys out playing basketball, and Hai Yi Lee would be out watching them. A couple times, Jin would be out with him as well, and he would hold brief conversations with the neighbors. His English wasn't as strong, but it was enough to get by. No matter how normal things looked on the outside, things were anything but on the inside. October 8, 2014, is a day that those who lived in the Gilderland neighborhood will never forget. Jin had never shown up for work that day and he didn't call in advising he would be out either, which was very unusual for him. It was so unusual, in fact, that around midday, one of his co-workers went to the home to check and make sure everything was okay. The front door was unlocked, so the co-worker went inside. And once he got inside, he saw Jin's body dead on the floor of the home. Yi Lee and the boys were also dead, their bodies were upstairs on the second floor of the home the coworker didn't speak any english so he ran away from the home and went back to the restaurant which was not too far from the home he told another coworker who did speak enough english what he had found that way they could call 911 and report it gildelan pd was the first on the scene with new york state police department coming soon after Within the first 72 hours after the family was found, the police looked for any leads that they could find. They searched the home, all through the backyard, inside, outside, looking for any evidence. Due to the obvious severity of this case, the media picked up the story quickly. At first, the police didn't really say much to the media, but they also didn't really have much to say. A lot of the initial information that was coming out about the case was coming from relatives who were speaking to the media and doing press conferences. This is how the cops ended up getting their information as well. The police attempted to speak with some people who were speaking to the media, but they weren't telling police anything. Whether it was out of fear of retaliation or just a general distrust in American policing, the Chinese community wasn't giving NYPD anything. The media that they were speaking to was Chinese-based media that was housed out of Chinatown. Jin's brother was the first to speak out. He was the one who let the public know where the dead bodies were found. He also said that the bodies of Yi Li and the boys were covered with a blanket after they were killed. He didn't say exactly how they had been killed, but he did say with certainty that they were not shot. That information was accurate. Police would later confirm that the family was killed by being beaten with a hammer and then stabbed. As expected, the entire small, quiet city of Gilderland was shocked by all of this. This was something that you saw in movies, not in their own backyard. The Gilderland chief of police, who had grown up in the exact same neighborhood as the Chins, said that she had never seen anything like this in her life. This tragedy led to many memorials for the family popping up throughout the city, and there was a large setup at the Gilderland Elementary School where the boys attended school. This tragedy led to many memorials popping up around the city for the family. And it led to a large setup at Gildelin Elementary, where the boys attended school. The funeral services for the family happened about a month after the killings. They waited a little bit in order to give time for others who wanted to make the trip from China to attend these services. What would cause someone to come in and kill an entire family, including the children? That was the top question on everyone's mind rumors started going around that there was some kind of connection to Chinese organized crime, but the police had found nothing to support that. The investigation was really slow and there were zero suspects. I had mentioned before that there were a lot of people in the area that didn't want to speak to police, but then there was also the factor of just an overall language barrier. Hoping to try to get something going relatives of the family put together a reward of $5,000 for anyone who had details that led to who could have done this. The district attorney in Albany County, David Soares, made a plea for anyone who knew something to come forward and he promised that his office would do whatever they could to make sure that if anyone gave any information they would not have to worry about being deported even with the cash reward, as well as the promise of not being deported, they still got nothing. Since they weren't getting anything from people, they decided to investigate any other avenues that they can think of. They tried looking for security footage, but not a single home in the area had any security camera. They also had the cell phones, and they went to Apple asking to release the phone records on the iPhones, but... At first, Apple refused. Apple is notoriously known for its customer privacy, so it took a while for investigators to be able to break through those barriers. Eventually, Apple did release the records, but the setback just delayed the investigation even more. They were able to get a little bit of information from the autopsies, and those confirmed that the family was killed sometime between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., They were also able to find some foreign DNA at the scene, but they couldn't get a match. It seemed as if they were just gathering a bunch of random puzzle pieces, but none of them were fitting to the puzzle. With nothing else to go off of, they started putting a little bit more thought into the reports and the rumors. The possibility that the Chins had been involved in illegal gambling and human trafficking of undocumented Chinese immigrants kept coming up. Sing Tao, an American Chinese newspaper, reported that the family was killed by someone who had recently been in their home. They said that the family had a gambling party at the home, and the person who killed them had went back to the Chen home in an attempt to steal the winnings from that party. Jin's brother denied these allegations. He said yes, the family did have people over for gambling parties, but... They were very low stakes. They did normal adult game nights, playing cards and such, but nothing out of the ordinary. The reporters weren't buying this at all, and they really felt that Jen's brother and other family members knew a lot more than what they were letting on. Newsday, an American newspaper in New York, also reported on the case. They agreed that the NYPD was looking for answers. They put up bilingual posters and signs around Chinatown asking for information. And they reported that a source who remains unnamed did report in saying that the Jin family restaurant had shut down two years prior to the murder and that Jin and his wife were in the United States illegally. If this source was true, then that did make things a little bit more interesting. If the restaurant had shut down, how were the Qin supporting themselves? There was no signs of financial issues with the family, so where was the money coming from? It was definitely something to think about, but Chief Lawler said that there was no proof at all of any kind of illegal activity going on. They searched not only the Chin home, but they also searched the house next door where Chinese immigrants had also lived, just in case, and they came up with nothing. Another newspaper, Times Union, ended up reporting on the case, and this report claimed that they had evidence to support the suspected illegal activity that was going on. They said that Jin was involved in the transfers of large amounts of unrecorded cash, and that cash was being used to pay undocumented Chinese workers. These workers worked at different restaurants in New York's Capital District, in Albany they would transport the workers from Chinatown to their jobs and then bring them back these workers were given accommodations that were too far for day bus trips in order to force them to use their transportation methods the week of the murder this entire network had been reported in the New Yorker and they reported that this illegal immigrant ring was made up of primarily Fujinese people, which is what the Chin family was as well. They reported that the reason these people were even here is because the quality of life that they had had back in their homeland was even worse. So even though they were getting paid very low wages and working long hours, they still found it a lot better than what would have happened otherwise. It has still not been confirmed 100% But it was later reported that the police had found 18 mattresses on the floor of the basement in the chen home this suggested that the family had not only been involved but was housing illegal immigrants a year after the murder even with the fbi and the nypd working together there were still no leads nothing to get them closer to figuring out who killed the chen family throughout the investigation They took over 600 leads that led the investigation internationally with things happening in New York, China, and Canada. Police haven't confirmed that this was all a part of an organized crime, but they do now believe that this is a very reasonable theory. The investigation is still open and there is still a $5,000 reward out. The current reward money is actually put up by a local church in the area. Pastor Charlie Muller said that what really pushed him and his congregation to put up the reward is because of the kids that were involved. They want justice for the young boys who were just caught up in whatever this was and the money will continue to sit in the account with the church hoping that someone will come forward. Me personally I I I don't know. I'm not 100% positive on how I feel on this one. I absolutely think that the Chins were involved in this illegal undocumented immigrant worker scheme, but for someone to come and kill an entire family like this, I feel like it has to be so much bigger than the information that we know about. I hate that anyone was killed, period, but even more so knowing that these little boys were killed as a result of the activities that their parents were involved in. That is the story of New York's first quadruple homicide, the Chen family. Thank you everyone for tuning in this week. I hope that you enjoyed the episode and again, I mentioned it in the beginning. If you haven't listened um, to our other episodes, make sure you check them out thank you all for tuning in this week. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you haven't listened to our other episodes, make sure to go check them out. Make sure to follow us, um, seasoned crime on our Instagram page and send us a DM, or you can email us at seasonedcrime at gmail.com and let us know if there are any other cases that you want to hear about. As I mentioned in the beginning of the story, a case that is currently going on and active right now is the Lauren smith Fields case. And so remember, we are still demanding answers. We are still trying to figure out exactly what happened because what the police have given and what the police have looked into, it doesn't make sense. Spread the word and keep mentioning her name. That's all I have for you guys today. I hope everyone has a great week and I will be back next week with another story about a minority. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Season Crime. Today's episode was researched, edited, and recorded by your host, Jasmine Nicole.